This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 360. And the quote of the day is from Harry S. Truman, who said, Actions are the seed of fate. Deeds grow into destiny. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, and this is episode 360 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. Hope you're cool. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, thanks for being here. All of 360 of these episodes can be found at drummersresource.com or on your favorite podcast app, you know, Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and all that fun stuff. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff at Drummer's Resource. Except for Twitter, where drummers are source because drummers resource is 16 characters. Twitter only allows you 15, whatever. Anyway, long story short, it's drummers are source on Twitter, but everywhere else, drummers resource. Hey, listen, if you're a longtime listener, I got a favor to ask. If you get any value from this podcast, if you've gotten value out of this podcast in the past, if it's changed your playing, if it's changed your perspective, please consider supporting it. Go to Patreon. And search for Drummer's Resource or just go to drummersresource.com forward slash support. And that is a way that you can donate a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars a month. And what that does is helps us create more content. We're putting out three podcasts a week now. It's not cheap to do this stuff. And any any amount of money can help keep moving this thing forward and keep it growing. So you can just go to drummersresource.com forward slash Patreon and help out. And like I said, every bit counts. So if it's five bucks a month, that's huge. If, you know, if a hundred of you do that, that's, you know, that's a lot of money that can pay a lot of bills. So now let's get into this conversation. This is with Helen De La Rosa and she is 24 years old. She's from the Dominican Republic and she has an amazing story. I mean, she started in the Dominican Republic and she got a presidential scholarship after she already graduated the Conservatory of Music in in uh, Santo Domingo. Then she earned a presidential scholarship for Berkeley. She went to Berkeley, got her bachelor's degree in performance and a minor in music production and engineering. Then while she was there, she received the Terry Lynn C Award two years in a row. She went on tour with world-renowned saxophone player Donnie McCausland. And in 2016, won the Hit Like a Girl contest, worked with Victor Wooten. She's worked with Wendy and Lisa, who famously worked with Prince. She worked with Grammy Award-winning producer Javier Limon. And she's performed for Hillary Clinton. Did I mention 24? 24 years old? Which is absolutely amazing. Uh, she recently performed at PASIC, so we talk about that. We also talk a lot about women in drumming. We talk about the, the some of this or a lot of the struggles that she has being a woman as a drummer and how she gets looked over for gigs or she maybe doesn't get the respect that she deserves and she's working to change all of that. So it's a really interesting conversation. Uh, I mean, everything from how she got the presidential scholarship to her brother getting another scholarship so that they could both go to Berkeley. It, she just has a really amazing story. She is well rehearsed in the stuff that she does. She is an amazing player. She puts in the work. We talk about goal setting. We talk about how she achieves the things that she wants to achieve and all that. She's wise beyond her years and it is an absolute pleasure to have her. So without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Helen De La Rosa. Helen, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I am good. Thank you for having me, Nick. Yeah, of course. So it took us. It took. I'm, I'm going to say it took us a long time to line this up, but 
every podcast that I do takes a long time to line up because people are busy <laughs> and people are scheduled. So like every podcast I start, I'm like, oh, it took us a long time to line this up. And then we talk about the weather and then we get into the interview <laughs> for some reason. So uh, we're going to we're going to skip all that. I already know you're in California. The weather is beautiful. Um, so I want to be before we get deep, I want to just I want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, I want to get. I want to get a little bit of your origin story so we can build some context. I know you're from the Dominican um, and I know that you didn't start playing as a drummer. You started playing as a guitar player, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So a tell classical me. Guitarist, what's that? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I read. So tell me, tell me about that. Like talk, talk to me about growing up in the Dominican and how, and how you got turned on to just playing music in general. All right. Well, living in the Dominican Republic uh, as a musician, is both very inspiring and very tough. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I want to start with the fact that my family in, you know, uh, specifically, they are really, um, how would it, how would you call it? Like, like, they take music very seriously, although they're not, you know, musicians as a profession, you know. Right. Um, uh, my dad used to play bass and piano and my mom used to play a little guitar and sing a little bit, but, you know, their taste in music was really good. So I grew up uh, in that context. Like, they, mm -hmm. I wasn't only listening to Dominican uh, music, like merengue, bachata, you know, reggaeton, all that. Well, let me move this. Um, so I didn't only grow up listening to those. Uh, I, you know, my my dad and my mom listened to... You know, from like Alejandro Sanz to Spider Jaira to Michel Camilo, mm -hmm. you know, like basically like smooth jazz, Latin jazz, and maybe like flamenco pop, which is, you know, its own monster. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I grew up in an already super mixed culture, like the Dominican culture is. Plus, my family was even more open to more styles. Right. So, growing up, like that was very uh nourishing musically you know but like what were your friends listening to or let me um, let me let me ask a different question were you listening to that just because your parents were listening to it or were you really into that stuff and then also what were your friends listening to i think for the first question i think is both uh i was listening to that because my parents were listening to it but i'm i was also into it I mean, were you like, yo, put on that Spire Gyro hit? <laughs> yeah, actually. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm just. Enjoyed, yeah. Like, I mean, I like Spire Gyro. I'm not saying that, but like, <laughs> I don't know how old you were at the time, but like, I'm just thinking. Well, I was really young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I have a four year old nephew and his favorite band is Snarky Puppy. So like. Right. I get it. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Um, yeah. It, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that basically that taught me to be super open to a lot of different styles because you know to answer your second question my friends were listening to you know like latin american pop you know like mm -hmm. pop in spanish which is like very like singer songwriter oriented you know uh dance some of the big music. pop acts in in the dominican like from dominican artists or just in general like i mean because i think there's not a lot of there's some crossover into the states and the states into the into the dominican but i know that there's that there's a lot of Spanish artists or Spanish speaking artists, I should say, that mm -hmm. are um, 
that don't cross over into the United States. So I'm guessing there's a lot right. of just artists that, that I'm not familiar with that you probably heard a lot growing up. Right. Um, yeah, some of those artists that <laughs> my friends were listening to were Alex Ubago, um, let's see, Pavel Núñez. Uh, well, of course, there's like the famous one, the famous ones like Juan Luis Guerra or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, Ricky Martin, Shakira. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a lot. Tiziano Ferro, which actually I think he's Italian, but the Spanish version version of the songs were actually really big hits really? in, in mm-hmm. Dominican Republic. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was listening to all that, plus, you know, all the reggaeton artists, merengue, bachata, plus everything else. So, you know, my experience in that was very, um, like, it, it was, like, very wide mm-hmm. in terms of style. Like, the the one thing that got me into music, so you know, like, I'm a drummer, right? Right. But the, what got me into music was actually, you know Jenny? I don't think uh, so. Well, it, it's, he's like a conductor, piano player, composer that has like this humongous orchestra. Uh, and they play, I think, like new age kind of music. Okay. So my dad actually bought a DVD a long time ago. And I'm telling you, I was probably like five or six years old. And I can still remember this very clearly because he played the DVD for me. And I saw a solo of uh, the violin player call, uh, called uh, Karen, I think Karen Briggs, if okay. I'm not mistaken. And I saw, it, you know, like a, a violin solo. That's what got me into music. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? I, I need to be part of this thing that I'm feeling right now. Really? Yeah. And so I wanted to actually be a violin player because of her. <laughs> huh. Uh, funny thing is that when I saw the drummer in the dvd i was like ah that looks so ugly (laughs) (laughs) for some reason i remember the six you know the five or six years old me being like not into drum set right which is kind (laughs) of interesting how life works Um, and it's amazing the things that you know one the thing that gets you into it right whether it be you know uh, i was doing an interview yesterday and the guy was like you know i went to see buddy rich when i was 10 and, right. you know, for me, it was I went to a Vanilla Ice concert in fourth grade. I don't know. Do you even do you I, where I'm a little bit older than you? Do you remember Vanilla Ice? No. <laughs> Vanilla Ice was a this rapper uh, guy and this like white rapper out of uh, I don't, like super white dude rapper guy. And uh, but I went to this concert and the drummer, his name's Steve Williams. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. And I was doing an interview on the podcast and realized that this drummer that I was interviewing was the dude who made me want to start playing drums, which is like a total crazy <laughs> thing. Yeah. So, but, but the point is that it's, it's amazing the things that stick out in your mind. And I'm sure that like the way that I can remember that concert so vividly is the way that you can remember, you know, the seeing this violin player, like you could almost like draw it. It's such a perfect yeah. thing. And who knows why, you know, it got you into it, but it, but it drew you in. I, I just think it always amazes me where it's like, there can be five years where you're like, I don't remember anything, but I remember like the color of this one thing about, you know, it's like, it's right, an amazing right. concept to me. I heard, I don't remember the, who, who said this phrase, but, uh, I think it goes something like this. Like people don't remember 
what you said or what you did, people remember how you made them feel. 100%. Yeah, so definitely I can relate to that. That moment is so strong. Like we call it the music bug, right? The music bug. Yeah, when did you catch it? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can totally, like I understand what you're saying. It's definitely uh, a memorable, you know, moment in time. And I don't remember a lot of things around that time. Right, of course. Interesting. I just remember that moment. I was sitting down in my living room. I remember how, like, the, it was a sunny day. I remember my dad sitting next to me. Like, I just remember everything about that moment. It's That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So here's what you have to do. You have to Google vanilla ice, 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 baby. <laughs> and listen and listen to that. You'll get a oh, sense God. of what, what I was listening to in fourth grade. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, I, I mean, he actually like the guy has like a tel- he has like a TV show, like a home remodeling show now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he was big though. He was a, he was a big he was a big uh, star. Um, so how did you? So okay, you're like, all right, I want to be a violin player. How did it go from violin to guitar? Were you like, oh, maybe guitar is easier, or what was <laughs> the why did why did you pick guitar? Right. Because uh, violin's a hard instrument. Right. I mean, the the teachers for some reason told my mom that my fingers were apparently not very strong enough, not Ooh. not strong enough. So And how old were you? I was maybe like 6, that kind of same time. Yeah. Um yeah, so they suggested like okay, maybe you know, if she learns piano or guitar at first, you know, so so she gets some strength in her fingers, then she can go into uh, violin, which is odd, I think, cuz there's so many really young kids that start out with violin, with you know, playing violin. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just life happened like that to me. So I started um, actually studying formally in a music school, uh, classical guitar. And I kind of also, for some odd reason, I kind of forgot about violin. I kind of just got into, you know, classical guitar. Right. And I was even like in contests, like playing uh, concerts live. Like I was actually you know, very active uh, mm-hmm. as a guitar, as a classical guitarist. Um, but then one day, my youngest brother actually started uh, learning drums back home, mm-hmm. like in the house uh, with a private teacher. So <laughs> I saw him one day and I was like, wow, this is actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember like sitting in in his lessons right so i wasn't in the lessons i wasn't playing at all i was just sitting down and looking at him mm-hmm. this is the weirdest thing is is if i was like learning through him right because i was like oh okay like kind of figuring out the coordination part you know in my head without actually sitting down on the drum set right and this went on for maybe half a year or even almost a, an entire year. Uh, and then one day I sat down in the drum set and I could do everything that my bro- my brother was doing. Like the first time. I, I mean, it was like really basic things. Right. You know, like, still, still. You know, things like that. Or... <laughs> yeah, but still the fact that you never, you're not, you didn't practice any of it and you could sit down and play it. Right. You know? So, I, yeah, and, and it was very weird and then i realized that i really connected with this instrument so i told my mom like hey can i you know have drone lessons as well and so for a while i actually was uh learning with the same teacher as my brother 
mm-hmm. uh, in the house. So I was like, you know, learning guitar in school. And then I was, you know, I went home and I was <laughs> learning drums. And I would imagine, what, you know, like one is helping the other. You know, they always say, like, if you're going to play drums, play another instrument because of the because of it doesn't have any melodic structure and all that kind of stuff. So you so I'm guessing you're coming home, you're taking some of the rhythms and things or just just concepts that you're learning on guitar, bringing it to drums, bringing a percussive uh, flavor to guitar back and forth. I mean, definitely knowing a harmonic and melodic instrument really makes you a better musician because you can understand better the perspective of the other band members you can understand better you know the concept of structure dynamics like what to play where and as a drummer if you hear all that you know like maybe in a specific chord you know it will be cool if you do like a symbol uh, there you know so it definitely opens up your ears to a lot of those elements in music Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I am profoundly grateful because uh, my mom, <laughs> my mom actually didn't let me quit guitar until I had like seven years playing guitar. Because oh, wow. there was a point that I was like, ah, you know, I kind of just want to drum, whatever. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're gonna stay, you know, studying. And I had to, like, I had to freaking <laughs> practice wow. a lot. And like, yeah. Um, do you, but, do you still play now? Uh, sometimes, but not really regularly. You know, no. I, I, after like I was 14 or 15, I was like, okay, I understand mom what you're trying to do, but I'm telling you right now I need to focus, you know, I was more mature in, in that point so I could, you know, make a decision. Plus I was already studying at the National Conservatory of Music in Santo Domingo, mm-hmm. which is the highest, uh, music program in the whole country. Uh, so I was also learning harmony. I was also, you know, having ear training, all these things. So, you know, and I already knew how to play guitar, so it wasn't like as necessary, mm-hmm. you know, to have that instrument sure. at that point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it definitely makes a difference yeah. if you're just a drummer versus if you play something else, an harmonic or melodic instrument. Sure. And the idea of, of, for me, I think would be the idea of, of losing the skill that I have. So like if I, you know, if I played, I, cause I did that, I played piano for nine years and I can't play anything on piano now. I mean, I play marimba, I play piano, not like I, no, I can't play anything uh, because I just, I just like, I stopped cold Turkey. It was like, I'm done. I'm not playing it anymore. Um, oh, okay. So I was wondering if you still play and whether or not you're worried worried about not having that skill anymore or right. if, if you think about that i mean in the case of i guess in my case um i did stay playing just for fun in my house i mean it, it's like you know you're chilling in your house you see the guitar and you're like oh let me just play blah, 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 right. you know and that kind of kept at least something in my hands you know so today i can play you know mm-hmm. something simple obviously i had a lot more skill uh, as a classical guitarist, you know, there is like a lot of technique and a lot of, you know, the posture and so on and so forth, all these things that I had super down. But right, right. <laughs> now I'm that like, stuff starts to go out the window. Quite, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. But dude, funny, funny enough to continue my story is that my brother actually, you know, the one that started with drums mm-hmm. had the same experience, but with me, like he saw me playing guitar and he was like, oh, <laughs> this is interesting. Really? So, yeah, so at the end, I, I ended up being the drummer, and he ended up being the guitar player. 
And later on, we actually went together to Berkeley College of Music. We both got a prestigious scholarship, and we both went at the same time. <laughs> oh, so you were both like, "We're gonna, we're gonna take this really seriously and and do it." Yeah. So we both are like professional musicians. <laughs> so where? When's the band starting? <laughs> right. I mean, he right now is in Dominican Republic. So okay. Okay. It's like it's hard to have something, but. Yeah, it's kind of funny how life works, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I I guess you can't really you can't mess with fate. I guess you know you can't like it's like if you're if you're supposed to be a drummer, you're gonna get there one way, shape, or form. You know, you'll figure it out. You may not start there, but you're gonna you're gonna end up there. You know, or even if you really don't like it, like I, <laughs> like it was my case. You know, yeah. like. I was like, ah, this instrument is kind of ugly or annoying. <laughs> and then I'm a drummer. This is a stupid analogy, but it's like all these cheesy romance movies where there's like the guy and the girl and they hate each other. And then by the end, they're like getting married. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and you with drums. You're like, yep. you're like, I hate you. And now you, and now you're, you're all now about it. Think about it. Now that I think about it, I just, I, I'm not lying. I just realized this, that. The same thing happened with my fiance and with my instrument. Maybe that says something about See? me. <laughs> you know, like So this analogy wasn't that far <laughs> off. <laughs> right. Like at the beginning I didn't like my instrument and I didn't like my fiance now. <laughs> so if you like someone right off the bat, maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. See wow. that? Thank you, Nick. I that also was... I also do um, uh, therapy sessions as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, um, so right. so you you go to Berkeley, and at this point, I'm were you were you just thinking continuing education, or are you thinking this is what I want to do? This is what I want to do as a profession. Well, I knew I wanted to be a professional musician since before Berkeley, way before. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really practicing like crazy, like eight hours a day, super, super dedicated. Um, Berkeley for me was more like, like I had hit a ceiling in Dominican Republic in the sense of, uh, I was already, you know, in the highest education program I was finishing. I also was starting to play with the, you know, the best musicians in the country. I already, you know, was like working regularly there so i i felt like i knew that i had so much more to learn like so much more and i knew that if i wanted to continue growing i needed to go somewhere else right excuse me uh i needed to go somewhere else um where i knew that you know the real masters of my instruments uh were so you know i i'm a very uh focused person so like if i say like okay i want to achieve this goal i work you know and just focus on that and and achieve it eventually so uh one of my teachers actually uh in the conservatory the harmony teacher is a berkeley alumni Mm -hmm. so you know he mentioned berkeley so i was like okay uh i went online went on the web page read the program read you know all the requirements and saw all these things and i was like i'm going to berkeley I just decided it just right then. Nice. <laughs> um, and, you know, for 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 any international, you know, person, um, you know, it's hard to consider studying abroad, not 
only for the obvious reasons like oh you're gonna you know be away from your families and other language blah, blah blah but also the economic you know financial situation that mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. you know the the currency in your country you know when you translate to dollars is ridiculous like right. it's so mm-hmm. hard to even like go and apply you know mm-hmm. like travel to apply so you know when i decided that i knew that it was gonna be a tough process to even apply and try it you know mm-hmm. um but you know uh, as i said i was working a lot as a musician so i was like basically you know like right a- uh, after the gig i was like okay mom here boom i gave her everything this is for my visa my uh, sorry uh the application for berkeley like right off the bat just here here it is here it is just saving money to just travel and apply mm-hmm. um so my mom was like you know your brother should go with you too since we're already you know doing this let's just you know send both of you and right. let's see what happens and long story short uh we got to go uh we applied in berkeley in boston which is interesting because well okay so I, i'll backtrack a little bit so there's this scholarship called the Michel Camilo Scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know who Michel Camilo is? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so you know he's Dominican, right? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. he's a Dominican, you know, piano player. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the most important, like, Latin jazz figures. Uh, no, 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 I know who he, yeah, I just, I wasn't sure. I didn't know that he was Dominican, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, he has a presidential scholarship only for Dominicans, but that... That scholarship only opens up after the last person finishes it. So it's not like a yearly thing. It's more like every four or five years. Um, and as you can see, it's open to any Dominican of any age, any instrument. So it's really tough to get. And there's, all, and there's only one. Right? It's only one. Okay. Only one. So I was waiting for this scholarship because the auditions are actually in Dominican Republic. So you don't have to travel, which is a huge uh, save. And it makes it so much easier for a lot of Dominicans. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some reason, I kept waiting for it. And it it was like postponed or I don't I'm not sure what was happening, but it was like delayed. So that pushed me to want to go to Berkeley and audition. Right. So. You'll know why this is relevant. This is going to be relevant in a little bit. <laughs> um, so after I applied, first uh, I got a, an email saying that I got a full a full tuition scholarship, which is only the, the college, right? The tuition, mm-hmm. not the living expenses and whatnot. Um, my brother got like 18000 a year, something like that, of a scholarship. And... So we were like, oh, my God, you guys, you know, killed it. You guys uh, have scholarships. That's great. And, you know, after smiling, <laughs> we started thinking, like, how are we going to pay for <laughs> the, your living expenses? <laughs> you know, like. And it's not cheap to live in Boston. No. Uh, and as a Dominican family, like, how are we supposed to pay this? Like, this is impossible. Like, we can't. Even with a full tuition, it, it's just yeah, it's just too, not too easy. Much more, yeah. So we we're like, okay, what are we gonna do? And then, you know, before we knew it, I got another email saying that I was nominated for a presidential scholarship. So here's how big that is: the presidential scholarship is a scholarship that covers everything, not only tuition, but even your laptop. It, it covers your living expenses, food, 
everything, everything, everything. Wow. So they only give seven of those scholarships a year, five to American citizens, two to international. And when I saw that email that I was nominated, I was like, oh my God, is this how did, So how did you get, did you apply for it or did you, how did you get nominated for it? Well, so when you're applying to Berkeley, you're automatically applying to all the scholarships. Okay. Okay. And they basically decide who gets what. I got you. Okay. So it's hard because you literally have to depend only on what they think, you know? Mm -hmm. So they nominated me and like three days later, I got the scholarship. Wow. Just like that. And I was like, mom. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to worry about the money anymore. (laughs) Right. I was like, no, I was more like, am I reading this correctly? And mom, you should come right now. (laughs) Oh my God. It was such a big moment. You know, like I was going to Berkeley. But then we were like, you know, what about... You're going to Berkeley and you're going to Berkeley for free. Right. And But we were like, you know, what about my brother? You know, because he couldn't, even though he got that scholarship. Long story short, like maybe a month after I got the scholarship, um, the Michelle Camilo scholarship opened up. Like the audition started. So we were like, Roger, that's my brother, Roger. Mm-hmm. We were like, Roger, you should apply. Yeah. You never know. Apply again. And you can guess what happened. Yeah. Wow. So what? What's the uh, what's the Michelle Camilo one? Is that is that a full ride or is it like a certain amount of money or? Yeah, that's that's a presidential scholarship. So like like mine, but that one is specifically for one Dominican. I got you. That's insane. Yeah. So I was like, it's funny. Like I was waiting for that scholarship for forever, and then my brother gets it. It's like meant to be for him, but. You know, I got a presidential scholarship at Berkeley. <laughs> so awesome. I know. So, you know, fall 2012, we both were in Boston <laughs> studying in Berkeley College of Music. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Promark, and they are introducing the new Fire Grain Drumstick that uses a revolutionary heat tempering process to transform ordinary hickory drumsticks into precision tools with unprecedented durability. Keeping their original weight balance and feel, Promark Firegrain sticks allow drummers to hit harder and play longer naturally. So there's no excess vibration, no space age gimmicks, just natural hickory hardened by flame. Unlike any other drumsticks that use synthetic alternatives that transmit excessive vibrations, Firegrain drumsticks remain the natural feel, weight, and balance that you would expect from a regular hickory stick. They're available in classic, forward balance, and select balance across a variety of sizes, and you can learn more by going to promark.com. One line in the Dream Symbol family that I think is really cool is the Dark Matter family. They have the Flat Earth, the Moon Ride, and the Dark Matter Energy. And although they're all made a little bit differently, they all involve the Dark Matter process. And this is really cool. Check this out. They take a symbol that is already finished and then put it back in the oven, hand hammer it, and then shock it with cold water, and then put it back in the oven. And what happens is the ash and the soot from the oven are fused to the top layer of the metal, which give it this really, really unique sound. And you know what? I want to let you hear exactly what this process does to a symbol. Check them out. To learn more about Dream Symbols, their Dark Matter line, and all their great products, be sure to check out DreamSymbols.com. 
one thing that you mentioned that I sort of put a thumbtack in and I want to go back to when you were you were talking about goals and you were like, when I have something that I want to achieve and I have my sights on it, then I just I achieve it. I get it done. I, I do whatever I got to do. Talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit because I, I talk about a lot in the podcast. I talk about goal setting. I talk about, you know, being being dedicated to whether it be your craft or whether it be, you know, you're trying to just accomplish something or whatever it is. What What is your approach to doing that? If you if there's something that you're trying to accomplish, do you have a system that you use? Do you like, is there a certain way that you approach it? Or are you just like, I'm just going to like heads down, work my ass off and, you know, lift my head up in a year and see where I'm at? Okay. Well, obviously it depends on what your goal is, but in general, there's this, um, I guess, uh, how do you say this in English? I guess like steps mm-hmm. that I take in general, which is like, okay, this is what I want to achieve, right? And I, I'm the kind of person that write things down. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah. So I, I actually write it like, okay, I want to achieve this. And then I brainstorm, like, how do I think I can achieve this? Like, first I have to identify like, okay, what is it that I need to do to get here? Mm-hmm. So I, I write it, right? So it's like, okay. I probably need to do this, I need to get that, I need to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. And then, okay, so why, what do I need to do to get those things that I need to achieve the goal? Right. <laughs> you know, so literally, like, breaking down, break it down as specific and as concise as possible. And, you know, when I finish, I end up with a series of, you know, small steps, things mm-hmm. that I can already today work on, you know, like, slowly getting there. Um, and that's basically it, you know, even a goal so big, like going to Berklee College of Music or, you know, learning how to use better this particular, um, rudiment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that's basically how my brain works. I just, you know, break it down. So if you have a, so let's, let's do it with a rudiment. So let's just, I don't care whatever rudiment you want to, you want to use paradiddles better. I don't care. Okay. Single paradiddle. All right. Okay, let's say that I, I really suck at using single paradiddles. I have no idea how to use them in a musical uh, setting. So I will be like, okay, how can I work on this? You know, what do I need to do? So I will come up with exercises like, okay, is there a book? You know, mm-hmm. question mark. Is there a book that works on this? Okay. Um, maybe I can play, I can try to play a paradiddle with different obstinados. You know, just... It's just me, like, brainstorming, sure. right? I can try to practice in a practice pad and try to do it a little faster every day. Um, I could, you know, if you want to go a little more complex, uh, I could displace it a uh, 16 note and see what how does this sound or displ- displace it again in different types of, you know, rhythm figures or mm-hmm. in time, in the measures, right? In different places. I can also work on, on paradiddles by orchestrating it differently. I can, you know, practice paradiddles by applying it to different groups. So, uh, you know, I could, I could, like, basically invent my own little exercise. Like, okay, I'm going to turn on the radio, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whatever group, you know, it happens to be playing, it doesn't matter. Right. I'm going to try to play a paradiddle on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. just a, as an exercise. Or, you know, I, I'll, I will do a paradiddle between my right hand and my my right foot and then you know keep a backbeat on 
on my left or, or displays that into like the second 16 note, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but I would literally write those down like, okay, this is how things that I can do to get better at using the single power deal, right? So after that, I actually really like to uh, be specific about my practice time as well. So <clears throat> after you know the what, you know, the how, mm -hmm. it's like the when, right? So like, how can I make this practice into, you know, a consistent practice routine, but also that doesn't get boring or monotonous? Yeah. Because uh, that's pretty easy to do. Like, so I try to make it fun so I keep it consistent because if I get tired of it, you know, most likely I'll stop. Right. Um, I'll stop practicing because yeah. I'm I think that's I think that's anybody, right? If they're right, like, right, right. It's if they're not enjoying the practice, they're like, all right, let me just play all the stuff that I can play. Right, right. And then you end up not practicing. Right. So what I do basically is, for example, um, if I have like, you know, going with that same example with the single power deal, I usually go like, okay, I'll do the exercise uh, with the radio, you know, that one mm -hmm. exercise. I'm going to do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Right. Just right. Uh, a way. Okay. I'm going to practice that one particularly on those days. And then I'm going to do the one with the practice pad. Or let, let's put, actually, let's choose another one. Uh, let's do the orchestration one, you know, using the paradiddle in in different ways in the drums that are orchestrating and trying to figure out different ways to, you know, put in the toms and the cymbal and the hi-hat, snare, whatever or not. Mm -hmm. uh, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So that way, I'm practicing every day towards one goal, but I'm not doing the same thing every day. Right. But I, I am working towards that goal, very mm -hmm. specific. And then on Sunday, I would take, you know, the day up. So are you, when you're, in, during your, in your practice routine, like right now, are you only working on one thing or are you taking like, you know, whatever, like single paradiddles, shuffles, this and that, and then applying that same, applying that same thing right. to it and then breaking up and then breaking up your practice routine. Like, all right, if I'm going to practice two hours today, I'm going to do, you know, a half hour in this, half hour in this, half hour in this, half hour in this. Right. That's actually the other point that I was going to say, because in a realistic world, every day is not the same. Right. Right. So... I also work my practice routine as priorities versus things that I would like to, you know, skills that I would like to have. Mm -hmm. For example, a priority will be, you know, being stable with my tempo. You know, that's a priority as a drummer. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, work on my dynamics. That's really, really important. But, you know, hi, cat. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe like, uh, I don't know, learning this song is not necessarily a priority in that moment right 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 like as a drummer so basically you know because every day you have different amounts of time to practice i work like okay if today i have eight hours to practice that's a lot right mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so i can spend uh an hour working on this and two hours working on this because this is more important uh i'll spend half an hour working on this you know and i split it out and i know exactly what i'm gonna practice when i sit down mm-hmm uh, but for example, today I have one hour. I happen right. to have one hour to practice only. So what do I do? Okay, well, what is the priority thing? Okay, I have to work on my tempo. So I'm going to, only in that, I'm going to spend half an hour. It's just that. And I'll spend 15 minutes on the single part deal. And I'll spend, you know, 15 minutes 
practicing to this book. I don't know. Right. So even though it was less time, you actually had a lot of quality in your practice. Sure. You know, because you pinpointed the things that you have to work the most in that time. Mm-hmm. You know? The other interesting thing I think that people get into, like you said, sometimes, some days you have eight hours, sometimes you have, you know, a half hour. And a lo- I think a lot of times people get into this headspace of, they're like, if I can't practice for two hours, then there's no point practicing at all. So they're like, oh, I only have an hour today and be like, well, well, it's not two hours. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go practice, which I think is like the worst thing that you, like, if you got 10 minutes, practice for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, to me, it's more important. Yeah. That you at least do something. If it's every day, because mm-hmm. that way you keep going that same flow that you've been having. If you stop, you know, yep. like physically, I actually feel it. Like when I don't practice for some reason, like my hands are like, oh, wait, I, it's not as responsive. Like I can immediately notice like yeah. the difference. And it's like every other, like every sports person, like if you ask them, they're always training because mm-hmm. they have to be in shape constantly. Yeah. They have to have that endurance that resistance, that strength, mm-hmm. and you can't just take a break. <laughs> and plus, it's the it's the habit of it too. I remember a long time ago when I I started working with a trainer, and he was like, "All right, on like whatever, we're gonna work out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I want you to just go and walk on the treadmill." And I'm like, "Why? What's that? like? That's not gonna do anything." It does. He's like, "All I'm trying to do is develop the habit of you getting up in the morning and going to the gym." Right. He's like, just, Mm -hmm. you got to, so it's like, if you got to just go to your practice room and practice for five minutes, just to don't break that habit of every day of doing it, then, you know, because if you do it, you're like, all right, I'll take Wednesday off. Then you're like, well, I took Wednesday off. So I only practice Monday, Wednesday, and Friday anyway. So Friday, I'm only going to have an hour. Ah, So I'll just start back again on Monday. And then like Monday comes and like, you know, stuff happens. They have it. Absolutely. So. We agree. <laughs> yeah. So I want to switch gears. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the hit like a girl contest. I, I, we don't need to go into specifics about the the contest particularly, but I, I want to talk about what it stands for because I love it. And Drummers Resources is a is a sponsor of it, and um, and I also want to talk to you about women in drumming. And I know that it's it's near and dear to your heart to constantly push push women in drumming forward and to get. Uh, to get more opportunities for women in drumming, to get more uh, more exposure for you know for equal pay, equal rights, everything in in drumming. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Talk talk about first the hit like a girl contest uh, because you won that in what year was that? 2016. So um, how do you how, what's 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 your headspace there? Like how do you prepare for that? Okay, well first of all the hit like a girl contest. Uh, its goal is to obviously uh, encourage female drummers, uh, you know, to work hard, you know, like to uh, go out there, put a, a video together and, you know, be awarded by it. And um, I personally, uh, I personally got into the contest, you know, by like I heard it from a friend and I literally just had a video done. So in that case, I'm like a little different. <laughs> Maybe from <laughs> a lot of girls that, you know, have applied. But I also, uh, like, I've met a lot of the girls that, you know, have participated in it. Some of the other champions. And, yeah, I mean, that's what they stand for. They are really trying to encourage uh, girl drummers um, 
you know, girls playing drums. Because mm -hmm. as simple as that sound, even today, a lot of girls don't really dare. I know. And the the good thing is that the the market of women drummers is getting bigger and bigger. So right. there's more there's more women getting into drumming than than ever before. Uh, I think for for numerous reasons, I think that you know women's rights are are getting recognized a lot more and getting a lot more attention as they should. But I also think that the industry is 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 appealing to women a lot more than they used to. And now they have the hit like a girl contest, and there's there's other um, there's other organizations and things like and things like that, which I think is I think is great because you know like even when I look at my statistics for the podcast listeners or or you know who likes my Instagram page and my Facebook page and all that stuff, it's literally ninety three percent men, seven percent women on Instagram, and ninety eight percent and two percent on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yep. why? I could see if I was selling, if I had like a podcast about like, about beards or something, you know, or like something that was just pertaining to men, but I don't, maybe you can give me some insight about why, why, why do you think there aren't more women drummers? No. Yeah. Just in general. I mean, why, why do you think that there's so few women drummers compared to men? Well, there's no one reason, but I can tell you my experience and why I think what I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had several students, like, you know, I, I give private lessons, used to give back in Dominican Republic. And, you know, I remember this one student that she came to me and she was like, man, I wish I have known you before because for all these years, I haven't dared to, you know, tell my parents that I want to be a drummer. Or, you know, I, um, I've seen girls, you know, I, I play, for example, a concert. And I, I have seen like little girls just like like if they if they've seen like the biggest revelation of their lives when they see me playing and they're like, oh, my God, I just didn't think I could do it. You know, that's so, so in, that's so crazy because drums is the only instrument like that. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's it's very deep to how like I guess the so society in different cultures you know, there's like this common theme with women mm -hmm. that, you know, you have to look a certain way. You need to, you know, focus on being a good wife. Like, what are you doing pursuing a career? Like, or, you know, uh, this instrument, particularly with the drums, is, is very much like that. Like, oh, you don't look very feminine. You know, uh, the drum set is, is for people with, you know, strength and, you know, masculine and blah, all those things and which is so not true but no. there's this you know conception that mixed with that um society uh concept of women it creates a whole like stigma in a lot of women's minds you know mm -hmm. and you know it, this doesn't only happens uh with with uh with the drum set it happens with honestly like every instrument in their own way like for example in in the jazz world that's even less women yeah. in any instrument like you know like you you know maybe like three good female piano players like jazz piano players that are like oh my god i can't name one female guitar player jazz player and that's i mean off the top of my head i'm sure that i'm missing someone but like off the top of my head i'm like i yeah i, I don't know and, 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 you know, there probably is 
you know of course some out there but the the thing is is that when you start wanting to like think of someone you can't and that says something you know that that is not in the same level mm-hmm. like of, of the amount of people you know female versus, versus male as you can see like when I even it's reflected even like in a place like Berkeley, you know, it's super open to anyone from any culture. Uh, it's a very safe place. And I remember when I got there, this was 2012. I I met like I knew one other drummer, female drummer. Right. You know, versus like a hundred guys. Yeah, I was gonna that, say how many guys are in there? Right. Like you know, drummers like. Woo. Most, obviously. And, you know, I, I've seen a, a, a development, you know, like by the end of my time at Berkeley, I, I knew maybe 10 more female drummers. But still, like in comparison, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like it's so few. Uh, and that's quickly changing, but we have a long way to go. But as I, as I said, Nick, uh, Nick, it's not very, it's not that simple. Like it's a lot of a lot of times in the girls' minds, like they don't realize that they even can right do that. How do we change that? Well, there's several ways. I think um, you know one that you know you and me can do is what we're trying to do, right? Like just feature more girl uh, drummers and instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like you know what you're used to see, like you're. People are used to seeing more girls playing. Is it doesn't you know strike you as unusual anymore? Mm-hmm. So the more mm-hmm. exposure there is, start that like taboo I guess starts like melting away. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing you know I think if you're a parent, <laughs> you will be surprised like if there's like a if you have a girl or if you know someone that you know is a parent, just make sure that those girls know that they can do. Whatever they want yeah. in terms of, you know, like the in the professional world, like, yes, you can be a drummer. Like, you don't need to uh, be a strong ass man <laughs> yeah. to, to play drums. Like, it's not about strong uh, strength. And, you know, something else, you know, how we can work on this is something that I particularly have been trying to do. I don't know if you've seen uh, a video that I put out with Minel. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. It's titled "Hit Like a Man," mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of making fun, but actu- actually calling out that phrase that I've been hearing for my whole life. You know, after I play a gig or whatever, people are like, "Oh my God, you hit like a man!" Like, and I know a lot of times they mean it as a compliment. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I don't understand. I do understand. I'm just trying to call people to analyze and to realize what are we saying because these phrases maybe for you or for me are not as important they don't affect me in that way but Mm -hmm. if a girl constantly grows up listening to those phrases it does affect so we need to like realize that our words have effect like that so you know that's that's one way that i'm trying to do personally like okay like uh, making awareness uh, in my circle, like whatever reach I have as a professional drummer, you know, they know like, oh, wow, I haven't thought of that. You know, a lot of people haven't really thought of that Mm -hmm. because they have good intentions, you know, but even though you have good intentions, you're being part of the sickness, not the, you know, the disease, not the the cure. Right. Do you think that there, because my my gripe is I don't, I don't like, I, I like what the Hit Like a Girl contest does, mm-hmm. but I don't like the name. 
publicly. Like I just, I've said it forever. Like I just, I don't like the name because I think it's, I think it's like, it's, it's demeaning before you even know anything about the, what's going on or anything. That's why I don't like it because I don't think there. So my question is, do you think that there should be a distinction between, you know, a male drumming drum solo competition and a woman's uh, drum solo competition. And here's why I ask is because sports are sports have men and women men and women's leagues because just because men and women are different physically, right? Men are men are for the most part. And I don't mean to like generalize, but for the most part, got men are bigger, they're stronger. You know, like if you put, it's natural, it's, it's, it's natural. It's nothing that we can do about it. So is, so I understand why there's separation in sports. Right. Could a woman could a woman play in the NBA? Of course. Like could I I there was a baseball team that I used to play against and they had a girl on the team and she used to kick our asses every single time we played. Like <laughs> the, she was amazing, right? And they would show up with this girl and everyone would make fun of them and then she would like strike the whole team out and hit five home runs. But um but so I understand why there's the distinction in sports. I don't I, me personally, and I would love to get your opinion on it. I don't think that they should be separated in music because I don't think drumming is, is, has anything to do with like, with strength and, you know, how big you are or anything like that. So why do we have to, why do we have to separate the two? Why can't it just be a drumming competition? Right. And I have to say, first of all, amen, brother. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree and feel so strongly about everything you said. Like I, that's, you said it like the best I could have ever said it. Like, that's exactly what I think. Like my dream is that people don't tell me you're my favorite female drummer. And they tell me you're my favorite drummer. Right. I don't want to be your favorite female drummer because you know ten female drummers. That's actually kind of an insult. <laughs> yeah. Why the, the why the distinction? Right. Like, um, um. But I do. So going back to the first part of the question, you know, the "He Like a Girl" title, and I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because I actually thought of that the first time I heard about it, and I was like, "He's like a girl," but I don't know, man. Like it should it's be. It's a little like, like it's a little like kind of condescending and like don't take a serious we're just girl drum and it's like hey we're just girl drummers we're not gonna like go out there and like we're not gonna play our asses off and then you see the people play and you're like oh oh mm-hmm. there's it they're just they're just drummers right you know but what i mean I, I do understand though after you know meeting uh the people in charge of the contest and mm-hmm. the people behind all that logistic you know i think I, I i understand like what they try to do like they were basically saying you know, with that title, like, yes, hitting like a girl is good. It's actually, it means, you know, that you are good. Because right. it's like the same thing I was talking about, the hit like a man. Like, mm-hmm. if, 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 like, right off the bat, and this is sad, even that happens to me too, because it's in our mind. You know, if, if people tell me, oh, you hit like a girl, you think they're saying you play awful. Right. Which is, you know, what in the yes. world? Like, that's so insulting, you know, for every girl. That's always been my, I, and like I said, like I, you know, I'm a sponsor of hit like a girl contest. I love, I love the idea of what they're, what they're doing. So I just, I'm just not thrilled about, I'm just not thrilled about the distinction. I, right. you know, but at the end of the day, it's like, it's pushing, pushing women and drumming forward. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. And, and, and I understand like what they're trying to do is like change the meaning of that phrase, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but listen, that 
distinction that you're mentioning, it happens also, for example, in the pop music industry, like the all-female bands and all these things. I, I see it like there's a reaction happening right now to the other extreme, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh, yeah, okay, we're girls and we can play. Boom. And then it's like, oh, female band. And it's like, girl, 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 super like in your face kind of thing. Right. You know, but I believe that eventually that's going to go like, okay, we got that you guys can play. But now, <laughs> right. but now we're all going to. Everybody settle down and we're all going to, everyone's going to play together. <laughs> right. It's going to be more about what you can play, you know, because of the fact you're a girl. And something I, I, I can say I even preach <laughs> uh, and, and mention all the time is that there's also a downside to this reaction, which is mostly positive, but, you know, I've seen also a lot of, I'm sad to say, mediocre female players, you know, not only in drums, like in general, mm -hmm. that are getting the gigs because they are They're, girls. Here's, all right, now which you said it. It's fair. I don't think it's fair for guys. All right, you know? so you opened up the door, so I'm going to I'm gonna walk through <laughs> it and... <laughs> I'm going to say this delicately and I, and, and I, I, well, I'm just going to say it. So the one, the gripe that I have is sort of what you're, I, I'm, it's tying into what you're saying about how it's unfair. The gripe that I have is if a girl is good looking, goes on Instagram and plays drums, then she automatically just gets a ton of followers and, and whether she's a good player or not. And If she's not a good player, I think that misrepresents women in drumming. Yes. And so, and like there are some women who have like ridiculous amounts of followers and I watch them play and I'm like, they're garbage. Mm -hmm. but, yep. <laughs> but she's really pretty and that's why everyone follows. Right. And I have a problem with that. Oh, I have, I, it's cool. Like, I don't have a problem with it from like, a, we want to follow this girl because she's pretty. I don't care about that. But like, if I was like, I've never seen a, I've never really checked out any women drummers. Let me check out the top followed women drummers. Right. And I mm -hmm. go and it happens. I don't like, I don't know who the top followed is, but like, mm -hmm. if I go check someone out, I don't, it could be you. I don't know. Um, but like I go and I'm like, this girl's garbage. She's horrible. Oh, yeah. never mind. I'll just go watch some guys play drums. You know what right, I mean? Right. So yeah. I think it's, I, that's the gripe that I have. Cause I'm like, I, you know, I spent, You know, I'm 37. I've been playing since I was 14 and I like dedicated my life to trying to master this craft. And I'm like, this girl started playing four years ago. She takes her shirt off and like now she, you know, everyone's like, oh, so that's my gripe. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that, I don't know. That doesn't, I don't, is that mean? I don't know. I think that's not mean. And, and I, I have a problem with that, but not necessarily just because I don't like it. I mean, I don't, I don't like it, but <laughs> But I can also see the the damage that that actually does for the whole music industry, mm -hmm. like both men and women. Here's why. Because that keeps feeding into the image of female musicians being bad. Yes. You know, so the, the whole movement is about, no, that doesn't mean that I'm bad. You right. know, I'm a girl and I can't play. But I'm all for, you know, you putting the effort, you, you know, working your ass off, you, sorry, <laughs> your butt off. <laughs> no, you can, you can uh, curse. That's fine. <laughs> I've been cursing the whole time. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> We encourage that kind of behavior around here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
I'm all about like you putting the effort, you working your butt off, you know, to achieve a level, a certain level. Like push yourself. Like you have talent, go for it. Like play. And right. and if you happen to be a guy or if you happen to be a girl, you know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's not what tells me what level, you know. And, right. and this goes even like that. What what we're talking about, like the girls that do that in a mediocre way, like. You are not a girl, so and and I, I'm not criticizing you. Like I know you you're you are supporting us, you know, mm-hmm. but so you know like to the level that that goes. Like, okay, I I'm a professional drummer. Like I've been studying drums, practicing, working hard, working hard. Like a lot of people have too, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that my journey has, you know, brought me to play with my heroes, like a lot of my heroes, like Donny McCaslin, like Marcus Miller, Victor Wooden, like I've played with like amazing musicians and I'm super honored by it but I I have to recognize and this is not me trying to to bribe or uh, to like uh, be uh, proud or anything mm-hmm. but I do have a certain level because yeah. of my, my level you should be proud of that but you know when I go you know to any gig like let's say I, I just go to a venue you know, no one knows who I am, which is totally fine. But the first impression is that I am a girl drummer, which means that you're not good. Mm-hmm. That is like assumed in the room, right? You know, right. which is very sad in my opinion. Like I dream with the moment that I can just go to a gig. You know, like don't worry about the fact that people think I'm bad already <laughs> without even me like right. playing. Is <laughs> um, <clears throat> that respect? Yes. That's what yeah. I mean. Like that yeah. respect is just not there. But if I was a guy and I'm like sitting on my drum set, people will be like, "Oh, cool!" Like ex- expecting a certain level. Yeah, like some hip drummers coming in. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And it, it goes to like a lot, like in a lot of different situations. I have so many stories, Nick. <laughs> I, if you want to say some. <laughs> no, I because I it's I, it's true. Like yeah, it, it, it happens. Yeah, I mean, there's this. Well, this is one story. I won't be very specific and. You know, I'll make it short, but basically, you know, I was with this band, right? So um, there was a piano player sitting in the piano. There was a bass player with holding his upright bass. There was a guitar player with his guitar in hand. And I was sitting in the drums, right? No other musicians, no other instruments, just we're, that's <laughs> the band, right? So, you know, this guy comes in the room and he, you can, you can see that he's like looking around like very attentively, like, okay, kind of looks around the room. And then stops at me and asks me the following question. He says, what instrument do you play? <laughs> and I'm like, um, and I point at the drums. I don't even say anything. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So, and then he continues. Like, he doesn't ask anyone else, not anything. Like, like if nothing happened. And I was sitting there trying to analyze and trying to, like, act as professional as possible. But I, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy just judged me hardcore. And no one, like, yeah. even, you know, like, how... I have to say that I'm a drummer, even though I am the like sitting in the drums and everyone else is having their instrument in hand. Like I still have to say, yes, I am the drummer. Yeah. What instrument do you play? Well, what instrument am I sitting at? Right. It's like, and then. Well, he's you know, an idiot, but. Right. And in that same moment, you know, he was like, okay, let's play this tune. And it happened to be in five and that changed in seven, like, you know, on times so or whatever. But I mean, Let's just say that in that context, it was obvious that all of us would be cool with that. Right. 
with that kind of who, stuff. So with the guy who asked, was he just like a pedestrian or was he he was in the band? No, no, no. I, I'm trying to be like non-specific. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but let's say that this is this was in a room full of musicians. Oh, okay. So he he like is a musician. He knew, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so, right. you know, he was like, okay, let's play this this tune. And it was in five and then seven. And we all were like, okay, cool. And then he looks at me and like, are, are you cool with that? Like, um, are you okay with playing that? Like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Are you sure? Like, and I was like, oh my god, yes. Yes, I just am. play. Shut up and play the song. <laughs> yeah, and then when we played, and I was like, you're gonna see now. Ah! <laughs> and then I played, and he was like, oh, oh okay, okay. That's got to be a good. That at least got has to be a good feeling when you're like, here, I told you, shut up. Yeah, but no, I'm like, I'm not saying that you should have to go through that. I'm saying yeah. at least there, at least you get that at the end. You know, yeah, to, I mean, to kind of stick it to him. Right, right, but it's it's. I also hate the feeling that I constantly have to prove myself. Right. It really affects me, man. Like everything that I do is just like, okay, like I have to make sure it's in a certain level because there's a lot of pressure also, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I happen to be a female. So I'm like, all right, I need to, like, if I make one mistake, it's like, oh, you suck. <laughs> like immediately. Right. So do you think that someone like, do you think Sheila E has to, or like Cindy Blackman, do you think that they have to prove themselves now? Or are they just like, well, they're she- it's Sheila E. or it's Cindy Blackman, and like they, you know, like I wonder, does it have, does it stop? You know, like if you if you really not that you haven't already, but if you you know develop even a bigger name for yourself, do you think it would that that would go away at all? That's an interesting question. Um, well, I'm 26. I haven't gone to that you know level yet. Mm-hmm. I guess in that amount of experience that they have, you know? Right. Um, and not that I was saying that you're inexperienced or that you're, no, no. you're not a professional or anything like that. Um, but like Cindy Blackman, Cindy Blackman, you know? Like right, right. Absolutely. Sheila E. Is Sheila E. Like, yeah. You know? Exactly. I mean, I, I completely understand. Um, you know, but I, I think, I personally am leaning towards the non, the it doesn't stop thing mm-hmm. uh, for what I've lived so far. Um, and for things that I hear, even about drummers like Chila E or Cindy Blackman or Terry Lynn Carrington, which are legends, you know, like right. they're amazing drummers and entertainers. But I still hear the, you know, the comments around like, oh, she got that because she's a girl. It's like, it's a thing that, I mean, I hope it stops. <laughs> right. That's my dream. But honestly, I think for that to be completely changed is going to take maybe a few decades. Yeah. I saw, um, I've been, I've been a Lenny Kravitz fan for years and I saw a video of Cindy Blackman, but she was playing jazz and I was Mm -hmm. like, wow. Like I knew, I mean, she always sounded really good with Lenny Kravitz, but I never knew that she played like that. Right. So I Mm -hmm. watched this video and then I go to PASIC and she did a drum clinic Mm -hmm. with one arm because her other arm, she had her right hand in a cast and she played the whole drum clinic with one arm and like blew like just blew me away wow i was like all right i know awesome. I, I was younger too i was like maybe 20 or something like that and i was like all right i need to go home and retire now you know, i was <laughs> like i'm done but it was amazing because like she came out and i was like i was so pumped to see her and mm-hmm. uh like i told her the night i saw her the night before at the bar and i was like i can't wait to go to your clinic tomorrow and everything <laughs> and then she walks out and she has a a she was like, I don't know. If she, it wasn't in a cast. It was in something. Either way, she didn't play with that hand. And mm-hmm. I was all bummed out. And I was like, why did she tell me last night that she's like doing this soul or she's going to be doing this clinic with one arm? 
And then <laughs> she started and about two minutes in, I forgot that she was playing with one arm. It just like completely wow. blew me away. And I was like, that's Holy amazing. Shit. That's amazing. Cause you can pretty much like, you know, notice pretty easily like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, but that's, that's awesome. Cindy Blackman. <laughs> yep. The legends, man. Yeah. And you know, they, they made the way I guess for a lot, like they are the ones that went through the worst. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. need to mention that you know, like they, like we need to be so grateful for what they've done and and what they've achieved mm-hmm. as female drummers. Like plain and simple, this is what I do. Yes, I am a girl, but look, like and they're amazing. Like yeah, that, that that's are. how you know we all should aspire to be mm-hmm. female and and male. Like yeah, just of great, just be great. So what advice do you have for women drummers out there who either want to be, want to start become, start playing or they are playing now and maybe they feel a little discouraged or they feel um, like it's a, it's a man's world and they're, they're having a hard time finding their way. Okay. Um, let me think about it for a second. Okay. I, I want to say two things uh, for those girls out there. Um, for the group that doesn't dare or has some kind of stigma in their mind or taboo or any type of, you know, limitation in your mind like that, um, you can be whatever you set yourself to be. I, in my experience, I became a drummer because I wanted to. I, I wasn't even aware of the whole being a girl drummer situation was. I just... Mm-hmm saw the drum set and i was like oh i love that so i think if you just do what you love and work hard towards it that's like there's no rule against that and you shouldn't stop yourself from pursuing what you love even if it's drums bass guitar piano or whatever you want to do um and those that you know feel discouraged like you said uh maybe for the current situation in the music industry uh, I'm going to say to those, um, I get you. First of all, I know there's a lot to overcome. There's a lot of situations that is every day. It's a struggle. I, I understand. It's not easy. But the thing about this struggle is that we need to continue in order to break that ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we only can do that if we all do it together. So in the moment you feel discouraged, no that you know yes acknowledge that it is a struggle but it's also a struggle that we can beat by being great and if you're a girl specifically a girl drummer and you are working hard and pushing yourself to try to be better than yourself constantly that's all it needs to be done just prove i i guess or just show that we can that's all. That's literally the simplest statement that we have to show. Yes, we can. So keep going. Don't be discouraged. We're all in this together. Your seed is going to bring a change in the future. But we need to push through all of us together. Mic drop. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and so if people want to, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, to follow you, to keep an eye on what you have going on? Well, anyone can contact me through social media. I have an artist Facebook page or, you know, my Instagram. 
you can contact me through there. Uh, I try to keep up with all the messages that I get. Sorry if I've been late for some people. <laughs> Just trying to get everyone. It's kind of hard. But I'm, I'm really interested, uh, you know, to hear about you, to hear your struggles. And I'm more than happy, you know, to help out in any way I, I can. So, yeah. Just follow me, social media or YouTube or Instagram, Facebook, all of those. <laughs> and I'll link up to uh, to everything so in the show notes and everything so people can find you and keep an eye on what you got going on. And I want to, one, thank you for, for talking to me today. I really do appreciate it. Two, uh, I want to congratulate you on all the success that you've already had because you, you definitely deserve it. You've been working hard for years to get where you are now. And I wish you continued success in the future, which I know that you will have because of that mindset and because the way that you relentlessly and tirelessly continue to work towards the things that you want to achieve. And also I want to applaud your efforts in pushing women forward in drumming and put helping this movement move forward. And, and hopefully, uh, soon that will be a thing of the past and i think that that you and the other great people who are, who are working towards making it happen can actually do that so man thank you so much nick that really means a lot to me and that really encouraged me to continue you know because i also get you know uh tired sometimes mm-hmm. well, because of guys specifically like you that really gives me hope <laughs> So, so thank you, Nick. Of course. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Yes. And we'll do what we, you know, I'll, I'll do what I can to help. But, you know, no one wants to hear some dude talk about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, really, but, yes, we need more, more guys, more dudes. That is true. That is true. <laughs> we need your support, too. <laughs> well, I'm with you. So, well, Helen, yeah. thank you again. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Keep up the good work. And I will talk to you soon. All right, Nick. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it, the one and only Helen De La Rosa, and you can find the links to everything at drummersresource.com forward slash 360. You know that. Also, if you dig the podcast, if you like it, if you get value from it, please consider supporting it. Go to drummersresource.com forward slash support and pledge your support for the podcast. It means the world to me. So I'm, I'm asking you that if you dig this and you get value from it, please, please consider supporting it. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.